Today's episode of Blast Burn Radio is brought to you by Flame and Air, Penguin Age, Sparky, and other listeners just like you. If you'd like to support Blast Burn Radio, you can do so over at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. You can pledge your support and start earning exclusive rewards today. Thank you. are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I'm your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me today are our Wild Wild West friends, our Walker Poke Texas Ranger co-hosts, Celeste and Messer Engine. Uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. How's it going? Um, mixed. I'm not a fan of 2020, you guys. I'm not. It's... I thought it was going to be better, but it's just worse. I've been telling you since last year, it's an election year. It was never going to be anything but worse. Listen, I needed hope, all right? And now it's been crushed. And it's not even like election crap, though. That is seriously a bummer 24-7. No, like, I don't think I mentioned this last time we were on the show, but I lost my job. So, like, that that's a thing. I'm technically still employed until March, but then I am off to uh, new adventures i guess as i look for my first new job in literally 13 years which is terrifying also my grandpa's real sick uh and refusing to go to the hospital and or the doctors despite the fact that he has you know kidney failure so it's not great 2020 no yeah no it's been a lot i'm i'm real sorry mess like that that's all real shitty i I personally existed in that fugue state between you're being laid off and you can leave with pay for about an hour. And that was like the most awkward hour of my life. I literally cannot imagine doing it for three months. It's not great because it's my whole building. So like the office in the city where I work is being closed. And uh, so there's over 140 people. Uh, who work there and they've all been served notice. Uh, we all have different end dates depending on what we do. Uh, but as you can imagine, morale is at a all time low, but we are expected per uh, our agreement with the company to round out our employment till the date doing our damnedest to do a good job. But nobody's really feeling like doing that uh, for obvious reasons. But it's important because if they feel like you you don't, like other bad things could occur. So yeah, it's it's a trying time. And I can tell you that there are some people who will need to stay on until December 31st of this year. Oh, man. I, I don't know if that would be better or worse to be like, well, I've got another full year of employment or God, I'm staring down the barrel of this shit for a year. It's not even just that. Like... You have to remember that as a lot of the work is transitioning out of this office, 
and the staff count is going down. Not all of that is going to another office in the country like immediately. In some people's cases, a few of my friends, half of their team is going and they're being expected to pick up the other half of that workload and train their replacements in another part of the country over the course of like six months. So their lives are about to be exponentially shittier than mine, uh, which of which I am aware, but uh, it's, yeah, it, it's not great. It's so weird to work in an industry where the skill set is so niche that as I look for other work, like it's so hard to find jobs that I'm like, yeah, I'm qualified to do this because I have all this experience because it's literally non-transferable out of the industry in a lot of cases. So looking for jobs is going to be a fun time. Uh, I've made a lot of connections over the years and there's a lot of people who have reached out to me and are offering to help and put my name in places and stuff like that, which is great. Uh, but it's also really overwhelming because I literally cannot leave till March. Uh, and these people are like, go do this interview now, do this thing. And I'm like, I can't start for it's like 60 days. <laughs> like, who in their right mind is looking for somebody to fill a position right now who's going to be like, yeah, I can start in a, you know, a, a sixth of the year. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. 2020 coming at me fast. Oh, car got hit by something that flew off the top of a, a giant 18-wheeled truck on the way home on Friday, too. That was super exciting. It was big enough that I could see it go through the air and go, oh, what the F is that? And then it hit uh, the driver's side of the roof of my car with a resounding thump that was very loud and very close to my head. So thank goodness it did not hit my windshield. Yeah, thank God that was the roof and not the windshield. Jesus Christ. I Yeah, wow. See, meanwhile, I have been for about two weeks now, like borderline incapacitated with the black lung. And I feel positively lucky right now in comparison. I'm real sorry, T. It's okay. This isn't, this shouldn't be bitch fest for Mets. Mez, I just kind of like wanted to fill you guys in. I know that we've talked on and off the last two weeks, but that's, that's pretty much where my life has gone. I'm taking it kind of in stride, but it was like, okay, new year, this happened. Not unexpected. It's okay. Like literally four days later, mom texts, hey, grandfather's not doing well. Doesn't want to go get, get help. Could die. Oh, all right. Good. Drives home Friday. Things will be, be cool. Things will be cool. It'll be all right. Something goes flying off of an 18 wheeler and hits my car. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> what is going on? 2020 is a scary time. Well, Celeste, have you also angered a voodoo witch doctor, or are you doing okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm still looking for a job. Still haven't found anything. Talked to a lot of different recruiters. Um, Dreading this week, because now that I'm feeling much better, I'm maybe taking a couple coding tests that I don't really want to take, because it's just trivia, and it's annoying. But I could rant about that forever, how code trivia doesn't really equal code skill, but ugh. Recruiters do it. Recruiters going to recruit. Well, well, good. At least you're the same degree of shitty and not new horrifying levels of shitty. I'm glad to hear it. No, <laughs> just the same shitty. Uh, wife is out of town right now and puppies being a little shit, but I love them enough to where it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll quit the bitching and the doom and gloom, at least until we get back to Unova, because we all know how Mess feels about that. Uh, but, <laughs> but guys... 
we did it. We got through one entire episode cycle before the hype train started up once more. And boy, oh boy, do we have some news to discuss. Uh, Mr. Big Dick Lando T is pulling back into the station. Let's go ahead and talk about it in this week's Pokemon news. Do, 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 do. This is the Poke News. The Poke News. All right, guys. So this past Thursday, well, not this past the week before, some. On Thursday. <laughs> a Thursday. A Thursday. In time. Uh, January 9th, we got a Pokemon Direct. And boy, we were really curious about the contents. It was announced beforehand to be 20 minutes long, which is extremely long for one of these presentations. It's about five minutes longer than they normally are to announce a new main series game, which it is way too soon for them to be reasonably doing. So what on earth were they going to spend 20 minutes announcing? Well... As you can tell from the fact that that date is like two weeks ago, we know. <laughs> uh, first, we got the announcement of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, which is a remake of the original Mystery Dungeon Red and Blue Rescue Team for the Game Boy Advance and DS, respectively. Uh, this remake adds in new features such as Mega Evolution uh, and, and beautiful new HD graphics while clearly remaining very faithful to the beloved originals. And it has a demo out now for free on the Switch eShop with full release scheduled for March 6th. Now, this was really exciting, and the small, often ignored minority of Mystery Dungeon Super fans were rejoicing to the heavens, but it was far from the biggest news that we got in this particular announcement. In a series first, Game Freak have announced a set of paid DLC upgrades for Pokemon Sword and Shield to roll out through the year in 2020, the Sword and Shield Expansion Pass. This was specifically contrasted to the third version format of previous generations, stating that modern hardware allows for upgrades after release that were previously locked to releasing a new game like Emerald or Platinum. Uh, this DLC is scheduled to come in two waves, the Isle of Armor, an ancient island dedicated to the art of Pokemon battling to release in June of 2020, and the Crown Tundra, an Arctic area full of mysteries in fall of 2020. Each wave of DLC will include its own playable story, new areas to explore with new raids, new customization options for your character, uh, new Pokemon and forms, and returning Pokemon that are new to the Galar region. Uh, there's a ton of information, like seriously, we can't cover it all, we're gonna miss something, so be sure to watch the trailer or the on-demand of the Direct itself if you haven't already, but just to hit on some key highlights... There are two new legendary families being introduced in the DLC, uh, Cubfu, which is a fighting type bear who evolves into Ursifu, uh, who can be either fighting in dark or fighting in water, depending on its form, and also Calyrex, which is a psychic and grass type weird deer thing with a big weird brain. I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, there are... New Gigantamax forms being introduced, confirmed to include the aforementioned legendaries, as well as all three of the Galarian starter evolutions, Venusaur, and ya boy, Big Blastoise, baby! 
we're getting new forms. Uh, we have confirmation of Galarian Slowpoke, Slowbro, and Slow King. Uh, Galarian Slowpoke is actually available right now by gift in your copy of Sword or Shield if you update it to the latest patch, and you'll be able to obtain the items to evolve it in the DLC areas as they roll out. Uh, the Kanto Bird Trio, Zapdos, Articuno, and Moltres are also getting a facelift with new Galarian forms. And in the Crown Tundra area, the Regis, the, Reg- the Regi Gold will be returning along with two brand new Regis currently unnamed, one that is clearly electricity-based and one that looks, well, like a goddamn dragon. Over 200 Pokemon from previous titles that are currently unavailable in Galar have been confirmed to be returning in the expansion content, 100 plus from each update, including most, if not all, previous generation legendaries. It has also been confirmed that even if you do not purchase the expansion pass, your game will be updated to allow for these Pokemon to be battled, traded, or transferred, meaning that the larger Pokedex is not, I repeat, is not, there is misinformation floating around, the larger Pokedex is not being gatekept behind a paywall. You do not have to buy the DLC to move those Pokemon into your cartridge. It has also been confirmed that while you, for obvious reasons, can't access the new areas without purchasing the expansion, if someone on your friends list does a raid in the new areas, you will be able to join them and have a chance to catch those Pokemon, whether or not you own the expansion. The expansion pass is confirmed at a price of $29.99 US dollars for both waves of DLC content combined. Pay once, get both. That said, it is exclusive to Sword or Shield, so if you want it for both cartridges, you will need to buy it for both cartridges. It was also confirmed that version differences will include characters in the story, as well as specific available Pokemon. Now, that's a, that's a lot, guys. There was a ton of information here. Uh, but what did you think of this presentation? Are you excited for the expansion pass? Now everybody can have bad golems. All the bad golems. Plus new bad <laughs> golems. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm really okay with this. It, it fits a more, like, modern standard. And honestly, there's a lot of cool things that they've announced. Like, they didn't go dip their toe in and just barely do anything with it, if that makes any sense. Like, they're going all in on this. And we got all all ye old Pokemon coming in, so it, chances are that won't be the last group of them, if I had to guess. I am a little bummed that all the legendaries pretty much are going to be around. Like, maybe we could have waited till the end when everything else was in for that to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of all of the returning legendaries. In fact, like, we don't know a lot of the returning Pokemon. Obviously, we had a short trailer, essentially, and there's 200 of them coming back. But we saw a huge percentage of the legendaries. It was confirmed that legendaries are going to be able be available in special raids in the Crown Tundra, and it was implied that they are all coming back for those special raids. And... Like, we also saw a lot of, like, really common OU staples from prior generations. We saw Garchomp. You know, we saw Volcarona. Like, those boys are in. They are getting in. And to me, it's kind of a weird situation because I 
again, I fell firmly in the camp that that Dexit was actually a good thing. The the sword and shield competitive metagame has been more fun and interesting and different than anything I've played in Pokemon in a very long time, and I was so hyped to play it. And now we know that by the time VGC 21 comes around again, it's going to be Tapus and Xerneas and fucking, uh, what's his face? What's his nuts? The big dragon from Alola. Uh, <laughs> like they're, they're all coming back, but yeah, they're, they're all coming back and it's just going to be the same old Pokemon metagame again, just without Megas and Z moves. And that's much less exciting to me. And it makes it, I'm more upset. At getting that meta back and missing like 250, 300 Pokemon that are probably just like stupid shit like the elemental monkeys. I'm more upset about that than I was upset about more than half the decks being missing and getting something interesting and fun to play out of it. Like to a not insignificant degree, this kills my desire to play competitive beyond VGC 20. But we'll see. We'll see how it works out in practice. For the expansion content itself, I think that it looks really sharp and fresh. I think that they did a really good job choosing what to focus on because, like, it was confirmed that each of these expansion pieces is going to feature, like, a big new chunk of wild area, which is definitely, like, Sword and Shield's best repeatable content is exploring the wild area, doing raids, and they're just giving us more of that, which I think is unequivocally a good thing. Yeah, I'm in your camp with all of that. I'm very excited for the expansion pass, but as far as the, well, assumed metagame changes, it's going to make a lot of the new Galarian Pokemon, the shine from them is going to drop a lot because you could see how they were designed and how they worked within the Galarian meta, but with the new ones, it's just, or with the, not new ones, but the old Pokemon coming back, it's, they're just not going to be, they're going to be outpaced. The old new. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Ugh. Lando T, he's got your number. <laughs> this is the revenge of Galarian Darmanitan. We banned his ass to Ubers, and he's just like, all right, I'm just going to open the door for fucking Garchomp and Lando T then. How your bitch ass is no hidden power asses like me now. There is. There, <laughs> yeah. No hidden power. That's going to be fucking great for dealing with these, uh, these absolutely <sighs> monster Pokemon with quad weaknesses. It's also going to be super, super fantastic because you know. Like, you know that there will be, like, a Gigantamax Garch. Like, there's gonna be. It's gonna be an event Pokemon. And because it'll be, like, just something they're doing that's cool, it'll actually be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Heavy Boots Volcarona says, hi, bitch. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I care not for your rocks. <laughs> I will come in. And murder the crap out of you. But the important question, does Volcarona wear six tiny boots on its six little feeties, or does it just wear one big-ass boot on its ass? Well, we've already got that answer answered with the uh, ice bug. It's probably just one big-ass boot. Dope. Mm. <laughs> like like those enemies from Mario 3, where you just steal their little boot and jump around in it, just that, but Volcarona. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quiver dance is just a little tap dance in a boot. <laughs> <laughs> this this is my headcanon. We require fan art. Yeah, the expansion pass is great. I think it's a great business model overall. Uh, I think that it's much more sustainable than third versions, especially since third versions sell historically fairly poorly. 
I don't know. I, I, I think that this is overall a, a, an unequivocal win for consumers. And anyone who is arguing that it's not is arguing from a place of bad faith. Mm-hmm. It also gives them more room to work on other games instead of trying to release a whole new game that is the same game with changes. Yeah, I mean, personally, I really like third version games. I think that they're some of the strongest and most fun to play in the entire franchise. But like, I also recognize that it's it's a really difficult sell to go, hey, you know that game you liked a year ago, two years ago? Buy it again with new shit. Like, most people are not the degree of fan of the franchise that they're willing to go. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna get both versions too. Like I, I am in the distinct minority there. <laughs> yeah. That was an easier sell when it was a director's cut version, like one version, like Emerald and platinum, the ultra sun, ultra moon came. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. And when it was coming out like three years after the original too, not the very next November. Yeah, welcome back. Do it again. <laughs> I actually still have not bought Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. They're good. They're, I mean, they're very good. They're probably the best Pokemon games on the 3DS, but the fact that they came out a year after Sun and Moon didn't do them any favors. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I think that this is a good thing overall, Like to, to be brief. I, I think that it's good on just about every level, uh, except for the competitive metagame where it sucks nuts. <laughs> All the things we were excited about. Goodbye. <laughs> turned to ash. Yep, gone. <laughs> ash in my mouth. <laughs> Sad. It turned to ash ketchup in your oh, mouth. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Thank you, Mess. Now that's going to be what we get fan art of. <laughs> All right, well, let's. I'm just glad I'm not the one that said it. <laughs> Moving on, uh, this was, of course, our fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, fifth, our our fifth, fifth chapter of gameplay, and we're going to talk about it and not talk about me filleting Ash goddamn ketchup. Uh, so this week, our host had a fairly short jaunt as we headed west from Nimbasa City through Route 5 and across the Driftvale Drawbridge to reach Mess's favorite location in the whole Unova region, good old Pokey, Texas, Driftvale City. Uh, we partook in strange triple and rotation battles, found out that not everyone from Team Plasma is drinking the Kool-Aid, picked up our hashtag obligatory ducks and ultimately challenge the highly threatening clay for our fifth unova gym badge now i think i'll go ahead and start us off this week so guys let's let's talk about gameplay now i'm starting because i'm going to be short <laughs> to be clear because this was probably the least exciting chapter of gameplay in this entire game for me not because the gym is easy if anything it's the exact opposite i think clay might be like up there in the ecleons of the hardest gym leaders to nuzlocke ever but we didn't have very far to go between nimbasa and driftvale and all of our encounters were essentially set. They were static. As long as we didn't fail to catch it, we knew exactly what we were going to catch. And so that made it less exciting. Usually the best part of starting a new week is what am I going to get? 
this week we knew what we were going to get. So that that's kind of a, a womp womp, a, a sour note. Um, but we did head out to Route 5. Um, we got our little event where Bianca's like, hey, do you know about the grottos? And I was like, no, show me. And she took me in and we got our Route 5 encounter, which was a Mencino that we named Billy because Mencino's a fucking nerd, right? So we got our Mencino. Hooray. Celebration was had by all. Uh, we went and we took on the loner Charles uh, in a rotation battle, which I am grateful to be playing Black 2 and getting a rotation battle because rotation battles are significantly less spoopy than triple battles. But it was real easy. Um, we we led with Merrick, our Stoutland, intimidated Charles's side of the field and just clicked crunch until everything was dead. It was fine. We made our way onto the Driftvale drawbridge where we also got an encounter. And of course, it was the hashtag obligatory duck. We picked up a ducklet whom we named Damon after the Green Ranger of the Lost Galaxy season, which ironically is maybe my least favorite season of Power Rangers. But I've named like three fucking Pokemon after Rangers from that season and one after its bad guy. So that's fucking wild to me, but it's a thing that I did. So that's the thing. Um, Tells you how much you like those Pokemon. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we made our way across the drawbridge bridge into Driftvale city. We checked out what team Plasma's up to. We got the, the whole shebang about how they are a house divided, uh, between those who are dressed like riot police who work for Getsis and are now just like blatantly hand wringingly evil and the ones who still dress up like knights who believe in in and have kind of had the scales fall from their eyes and want to do good in the world. Um, which, which I still think is like a really interesting conflict if the characters themselves are not super stellar. I know, I know, T. I can hear it before it comes out of your mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh, we fought the the former Seven Sage. I believe it's Rude. I believe Rude is the one who's a good guy now. Uh, and we picked up a Zorua for our final encounter, which was a gift. This is the weird gift that is technically not originally your Pokemon and you can't nickname it. But in our heart of hearts, that little Zorua will always be Zinnaku. And yeah, I mean, that was that was our travel. At this point, we're in Driftvale City. So we just had to train the team and decide how we're going to do the gym and take it on. And I wound up taking a a full week and a half, both because I came down violently ill and had no thought to spare for Pokemon, but also because I could not decide how to tackle the Driftvale gym. Driftvale gym is is so incredibly challenging. On challenge mode, Clay has access to a Intimidate Crocorock with Torment. He has access to a Sand Slash with Sandvale and Honeclaws. He has access to an Onyx with motherfucking explosion. And he has access to an Excadrill with Sand Force and all of the coverage that it could possibly want. And that Crocorock knows Sandstorm, so it can actually set the sand to abuse for its other Pokemon. Clay's a big problem, especially on hard mode, because how many things can deal with the combination of Onyx and Excadrill neutrally? Very few. There's not a whole lot of option there. So I examined it and I examined it and I examined it. I, I looked at it from every possible angle. Again, I thought about putting that Crocorock to sleep and setting up on it. But then what happens if it wakes up and torments me? What happens if it fucking crunches and drops my defense? Like that, those are big problems, especially with something with explosion in the back. And ultimately I came to the decision that 
I just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't hard mode this gym, not without it being a Hail Mary pass. And this season is way too tight for me to start throwing Hail Marys and put myself in a ditch. And so ultimately, we decided to do this gym on normal mode. I am aware that it's shooting myself in the foot that if Mess is able to do this gym on hard mode and do it flawless, that that's going to let him pass me. Uh, and by a, a not insignificant margin either. But it was our best chance of just of just making it through, which was important. Right now, we have a really strong roster. We can do good things in PvP. We, we have to live. We have to live to win PvP. And so we decided to do it normal. And because we decided to do it normal, it, it was it was a fucking cakewalk. It, of course, it was a cakewalk, you guys. Clay's gym itself is not super hard. The puzzle is more annoying than anything. I spent quite a bit of time in there lost in the dark trying to make sure I found all the trainers for Mess's champion rule uh, more than actually trying to find my way because it's really pretty easy to make your way to Clay himself. And all the gym trainers had like sand dials. They were all just trash. We, we led with Merrick the Stoutland and just returned them all to death. And finally, we were at the man himself. We were at Clay. And we led with Merrick our Stoutland. We intimidated the Crocorock on turn one. And then we switched into Trakina our Heracross. And we proceeded to do a murder in the least efficient way possible. <laughs> because, you guys, I had a plan coming into this gym. My plan was I expected the Crocorock to Sandstorm early. And I wanted to stall out that Sandstorm to avoid letting, like, the Excadrill abuse it. And so I was going to switch into Trakina or Heracross. I was going to work up as long as I could to stall out turns of Sandstorm. And then I was going to use Bug Bite to snatch off the Crocorox Berry, eat it myself, and KO it when I was ready. And if I was lucky, this was going to give me the opportunity to bypass any sort of Sand shenanigans. I forgot to give Trakina Bug Bite. I forgot to give Trakina Work Up. So, obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, instead, we went into Trakina went, oh, can't do that. Guess I'm just punching this crocodile to death. And we did that. The Sand Slash came out, and we punched it to death as well. The Onyx came out, and this is, Onyx is scary because we can't one-shot it, no matter what. It has Sturdy, and Sturdy actually functions the way it should in Gen 5. So I was like, well, let's Brick Break it and hope it doesn't explode. So we brick break it, and it rock polishes, and then it explodes in my face. But it's an onyx with, like, all of 40 base attack. And Trakina's a pretty bulky bug. And it only did about 40%. And so finally, the Excadrill comes out. And because we're playing on normal, and because at this point... Like, I've spent almost none of my team getting to this point. I decided to take no risks whatsoever to play it safe. We went back out into Merrick to intimidate the Excadrill. Then we went out into Kendrick's Arsan Slash, clicked Magnitude twice, and that was enough to bring down the Excadrill. So, no drama, no fuss, no muss, no frills. Just a knockdown slugfest, normal mode rules, hit it super effective, Watch the fucker die. And that was our week this week. We did take the time to train up Damon, our now Swana. Um, it, he is not Mr. 
right. He's just Mr. Right now, as it were, because we need a water type and he is certainly a water type. Uh, so that's great uh, until we get a better one, in which case he will be unceremoniously dumped back into the PC. But yeah, we we did exactly what we set out to do. We didn't put ourselves in like the best points position to do so, but we did put ourselves in the best like I guess the best elbowing position and that's what we were going for. So now I just have to execute on that and make it actually pay off. But that was my very short chapter of gameplay this cycle. Celeste Hunt, let's hear from you. How was your week in Nuzlocke this week? Well, now that I heard that, cause I haven't watched either your or uh Mez's gym fight yet. So I have no idea what Mez did either. But I feel a little better because I thought I was the only one that was going to break our hard mode streak of this because I eventually ended up making that decision. But that's later. Um, this week kind of started with uh, I hadn't taken care of Team Plasma and Nimbasa and they were blocking the way. Um, they weren't really an issue. Um, Super Fang really hurt off of one of their Pokemon, but it beyond that, it couldn't do much. So they're just like a little side note. But Hugh did start crying about his little sister's stolen, stolen Porloin, which I get if a pet, but just go catch another shit cat. Seriously. I would say he could have mine, but I killed it twice. <laughs> uh, and then we had, unfortunately, the short jaunt to the triple battle, which is far more scary than the rotation battle is. Because it's three freaking Pokemon with three actions that could triple into something. Not only double in, triple in. And you can't... I, I learned the hard way that you can't aim at all the Pokemon with if you're on the other side. So they had a water Pokemon that I was going to uh, electrocute that I couldn't. And <laughs> it was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. We took care of it in one turn. Um, our Braviary, Dimitri, Annette the Stoutland, and Catherine, our Magneton, just kind of destroyed everything. Charles is weird and yelling about being a heartbreaker and then drives off because whatever getting our duck on the bridge though that took freaking almost 10 minutes because i kept getting feathers and it was really frustrating <laughs> but we did finally catch one we named her flane um she's actually pretty awesome with a positive nature we might end up using her at some point not anytime soon though um as we got in the drift field we were accosted by team plasma new and old the old were talking about their King N and how stealing from them is wrong and N will be sad and all that fun stuff. But then the best part happened. Hugh comes and flat out punches one of the members of Team Plasma in the face. And that needs to happen more. That was that was great. I don't know. It made me laugh and smile. Evil Team's actually getting hit by trainers. So the old Redeem Team's Plasma talks to us a bit and then we follow them, end up finding them in Rude. We get tested by Rude, who, after we meet him, just lets Hugh in because, you know what, he punched a member of Team Plasma, and it's all good. We got our Zora. That was great. They talk about the form of Team Plasma, what makes him different. There's more crying over a Perline. You know, he will punch you if you won't give it back to him. And then that week, I was actually talking about doing hard mode because I thought I was going to get Roost from my uh, Braviary. Turns out this tutor doesn't have it, and I didn't realize that. So I kind of lost my... Uh, bravado there because i could see home claws and roost being very useful but without roost there was just no way i could get through what clay has with a bird that's going to take a really heavy hit from rocks so uh we decided that clay's gym will be done on easy mode it was easy enough just like jolly we just kind of returned everything with our braviary 
Uh, the puzzle does suck, and there's seven freaking trainers. Why? So many to find. Clay himself, though, was very interesting. Even though we were doing easy mode, it was a long fight. We started by swapping back and forth between Annette and Raphael to intimidate the Crocorock down to negative six, because I was not risking our plant. It was not coming out until that Crocorock was negative six. What really sucked is when we swapped in our Lilligan. We got tormented on the swap, which... Ugh, that made this take so much longer. So we quiver dance the first turn, and then the second we take a bulldoze, which lowers our speed, which is annoying. We put it to sleep and switch between moves to get quiver dance up with leech seed. We stay alive through crits and get four quivers off, and I just decide to start going. And we find out torment lasts indefinitely, which is annoying. So Onyx comes out. We put it to sleep and then giga drain it. It knocks it down to one health, which is frustrating because Clay just return uses his potion, heals it up. Um, we try to leech seed it, and it misses. So then we have to giga drain it again. Sturdy keeps it alive the second time, and it wakes up. And I thought it was going to be over. It was going to explode. My plant is not tanky. But it decided to rock polish instead of exploding, so we were able to murder it. Then we proceeded just to play the long game on the sand slash by keeping it to sleep as much as possible. With Leech Seed, it did crit us and got little, a little scary, but our berry kept us up along with Leech Seed. And then, since we played the long game and let Leech Seed kill the uh, Sand Slash, we were able to just one-click Giga Drain the Excadrill and be done. And that was it. Well, that was great, if a little anticlimactic. It seems at this point we all just decided to march our way through through Drift Rail. Uh, what about you, Mess Buddy? You you came into the weekend last place, and we all know that that's not a place that you like to be. Maybe you took the road less traveled by here. How was your weekend, Nuzlocke, this week? Okay, you guys, we got to talk about fucking Drift Rail City. The fucking <laughs> gentrification of Drift Rail City. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on in Poké, Texas, you guys? Did Drift Rail become Poké Portland? You go in there, they're all talking about how they put all these fucking condominiums up. Like, the Poké Pueblos are gone. Like, they're just like, this isn't like a, a literal clay fucking town anymore. We got these big buildings up in here. It's like they, they took rural Texas and made it Austin. That's that's what occurred in between games. <laughs> but yeah, this week we did start way back in last. Encounters weren't super duper exciting because we got a Mincino the week before. So we couldn't get the one out of the Garado. We ended up trying to get a... Shaky grass, Emolga, that didn't happen. We dupsed out on Route 5. We picked up a ducklet. I, I really liked Swana last time around. And, you know, last time Ezlo had a down special attack nature, and that was a real bummer. I caught a new duck on the bridge, named it Dewey, after Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Uh, and it also has a down special attack nature, because... I should have known. I named it Dewey. Dewey is not a smart boy. He is the worst um, duck, canonically. <laughs> uh, so, Ducklet also real frail. Like, real, real frail. Which is never great when you have to EV train it. Uh, we also got our dark little fox in, in Driftvale City. But let's talk about Team Plasma. Because you guys know how much I love, love Team Plasma. 
as Celeste mentioned, Hush, we, we learned more about uh, Hugh uh, or Hush in my game's backstory and why he hates Team Plasma so much and how they stole his sister's purloin during the last game. But he was a little a little kid and basically a useless fuck, which is still true and couldn't do anything about it. And now he's real mad. Uh, he real mad all the time. And that's why he assumes I'm going to help him in his crusade constantly, which I don't appreciate because literally if I could have pushed him into the cold storage and shut the door, I would have, but evidently we don't go there this time or we haven't yet. Oh, Oh buddy. Just wait. Just wait. You want to talk about some gentrification? I, I will get my opportunity to murder him later, I guess. Uh, on our way to Poké, Texas and, and the bridge, we do get the explainer of a tale of two Team Plasmas, as if one wasn't enough. New Team Plasma, the hipster special forces, who I approve of in their, yeah, we're an evil team that looks like a paramilitary organization that might exist in the U.S., meets Still Knights. And I... I'm having that Knights Special Forces Ninjas whiplash that everyone warned me was going to happen where I was like, this fucking makes no sense. Just just all in on one fucking thing, okay? <laughs> please, please stop. And to make matters worse, we are pulled aside by old Team Plasma and a member of the geriatric squad who is not in prison, which makes me real mad again. What the fuck, gym leaders? This was your one fucking job. You went <laughs> off and said, we're going to go handle the old people. He's still loose. Oh, mess. He's, you don't even know the half of it, but in the post game of black and white, like the, the big post game story, the post game quest, you go around for looker, track all of them down and put them directly in fucking Interpol custody. Like you hand them over to looker. That son of a bitch. He's fucking failed me for the last time. Ugh. Ugh. It makes me so mad. He's like, I'm reformed and feel real bad about this. Have a fox. The fuck is wrong with you? They're like, we have no idea where N has gone. I'm like, that's because of my fucking original trainers tracking his ass down to fucking throw him in jail. That, that is canon right there. You don't get to fly away on your fucking Zekron like you're a princess at the end of the fucking story. It makes me so mad every time it comes up. But I was like, whatever. Cool, I'll take your fox. Please never talk to me again. Please. I will literally let Hugh kill you. Also, Hugh, you can't yell at people and scream, where's Purloin? Because if you named your Purloin, Purloin, they have no way to know what Purloin is yours. That is the point of names, you stupid fuck. (laughs) So at this point, I'm largely exasperated by... By Bad Duck, by Double Trouble Team Plasma, by Hugh Rambling, by Geriatric Squad Freedom. Uh, And I decide to go take on Clay uh, because this has to be the one redeemable part of this chapter, right? We're going to go see Clay who, despite being this terrible caricature of like a cowboy in America, at least tried to do something last time we were here where he was like team plasma not in my city until someone told him no which was really bad i was real mad about that too but at least he did something before someone told him no 
No, he doesn't do anything. He lives in his mind and they say he never comes out because he digs all the time. Fuck. What has happened? Like, did the people who come in to gentrify this city just be like, you, well, you can't be out in public. Have you seen yourself? Like, no one's going to move here. If they got the fucking cowboy gym leader walking around to get in your mind. Clay is the one who gentrified the city. He struck it big in his mind and he paid for everything. Like, that's canon. That's what happened. Well, he clearly doesn't want to live in it because he he just lives in the mine now. Anyways, I was not impressed with Clay or his renovated gym. It was a little easier to understand because there wasn't a whole lot of up-down everywhere like there was the first time. Uh, and we stormed in there with a hard-mode plan because nobody fights like Gaston and Gaston cannot be stopped. Case in point, we found Clay. We sent out Juju, who did evolve into Superior this week. We said, hey yo, hey yo, a crock-a-rock, have a leech seed. Uh, and then we brought out Gaston. And we thought ahead and taught Gaston both work up and kept bulk up. So that when we inevitably got tormented, we just alternated until Gaston had six stages of attack and four, I think, uh, four or three of defense because of crunch lowering it once and then we proceeded to punch everything the onyx did explode on us it didn't matter D didn't even fucking matter eviolite girder with four defense up stages was just like that tickled the excadrill did take two punches to kill but it didn't matter he couldn't hurt me and we rubbed clay's face in it because god damn it i hate this town <laughs> <laughs> Everything bad happens in Poke, Texas. Uh, and we promptly left. Uh, the trainers were actually kind of scary because even though they had babbies of like everything, all of the ball toys in there like new self-destruct. And I don't have a herdier who is fast and just hits like a brick house. Everything that I have that hits hard is slow. <laughs> so that was uh, somewhat of a concern for me, but it was fine. Yeah, we pulled those good third place hard mode points uh, on the week with Neri breaking a sweat. I dare say that Gaston is definitely in contention for Mon of the Run for me. Yeah, Gaston has been very, very good for you. And I mean, this week is huge. Honestly, the fact that you were able to pull off a flawless hard mode from third while both Celeste and I took the safe path like that, that puts you in a really good place. Mm hmm. It's really good because I'm about to do real bad in PvP. So that's going to be cool. <laughs> uh, I did EV train that fucking Ducklet and evolve it into a Swana. And it took a long time because Ducklet, let's put it this way. I went after EV training to kill some uh, Autonos uh, at a much lower level. And one of them slapped him on a double slap, and he literally lost over 10% of his health on a single slap. He was just like, oh, my body, uh, and, and <laughs> fell down on the ground. And I was like, this does not bode well for your long-term future on this team. Yeah, Swan is not great. Like, it's it's potentially a problem in some ways, but it's not a good Pokemon. <laughs> it's actually, like, really... It's it's so scary as we do these hard mode gyms because I looked today while doing Team Builder and I have six Pokemon in my party and I have seven in the box. 
And that's it. There's not a lot of good. There's not a lot of good. <laughs> well, not to get too far ahead of myself, but this is at least the part of the game where uh, encounters are going to start to ramp up noticeably. Like we have quite a few on our table for for chapter six, six. Yes. Yeah, six. Yeah, six. Yep. But also, also means more EV training, which. Uh, eh, just if you're going to use them. If not, they just go in the bank. Yeah. Just just all the bank all the time. At some point, my sand dial will, will come out. But I learned my lesson last time. <laughs> sand dial does not fucking come out of the box until he can evolve all the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Crockerock is not a fat boy. No, no. Emolga deaths. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this is, of course, the part of the show where we would say a, a fond farewell to our dearly departed friends. But we ain't got none this week. We did it, guys. We pulled off another chapter, Death Free. Not in, like, the spectacular flamboyant fashion of the past. Again, Celeste and I did wimp out on the hard mode. But at the very least, we lived to fight another day. And that another day is today as we engage in PvP combat. Yeah, sorry, everyone. I just didn't see a way of beating Clay without losing something. It was scary. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was also a factor that I looked at it and said, you know, we took two cycles off for break through the holiday. I don't want to have to put you guys through another break week while I catch up because I fucking wiped a hard mode Clay. Mm, that good hard mode clay straight into that hard mode channel. Oh, man. oh no. <laughs> Podcast is done, guys. <laughs> now, coming into PvP this week, my choice of playing it safe in gameplay leaves myself in third place. I bring a score of 320. Just above me is Messer Engine, whose bold hard mode victory paid off and allowed him to jump up in the standings to second at 350 points. In first remains Celeste, who ran away with PvP last cycle, and remains in first with 400 points. Now, as a reminder, it is doubles PvP week, and as such, anything could happen. As always, last week's big winner must defend the stick first, and this time, that was you, Celeste. Who will you be battling first this week? Let's go, Jolly. All right, guys. Well, here we go. And we are ready for PvP. Doubles PvP this week again, as a point of note. I don't know why I do this to myself every season when Jolly asks, how much doubles PvP do you want to do? And I go, well, at least two weeks. And then I go, oh, I got to say all those names and shit. But that's what we're going to do. It's Jolly versus Celeste in our first match. Jolly has showed up to the doubles arena with his Heracross, his Swana, his Stoutland, his Excadrill, the Crobat, and the Magmar. Uh, and Celeste has shown up with Magneton, Lilligan, Crobat, Stoutland, Boldor. That is a Boldor, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a Boldor. Uh, and Samurott. Oh, God, Samurott is such a terrible design. Uh, <laughs> are you two ready to go? Let's do it. Yep. All right, you may begin. All right, Jolly leaving, leading out with Merrick the Stoutland and Moltor the Magmar, an Intimidate over on Celeste's side of the field for her Stoutland, Annette, and Hilda the Boldor, who also intimidates Merrick and Moltor. It's Intimidates all around for everyone all the time. 
Moltor the Magmar swaps out, which is uh, fantastic because it clears the way for Trakina the Heracross to come in. Merrick uses Thunder Wave on Annette the Stoutland on Celeste's side, who is now paralyzed. Hilda, the Boldor sets uh, Stealth Rocks, which is an interesting choice for doubles, certainly. And Annette the Stoutland uses Thunder Wave on Trakina the Bug. It was trying to to paralyze Magmar, but Magmar no there. It's really interesting that, that those those rocks are an unconventional doubles choice, but damn, those might be really important. Merrick the Statlin uses Return on Annette, bringing it down to 77%. Hilda the Boldor uses a Return on Trakina, dropping it down to 66%. And Trakina, uh, well, it's brick breaking. Uh, on Hilda, knocking it way down and forcing it to eat its berry. It is at 40%, and poor Annette was paralyzed and couldn't move, and is at 83% after Leftover's recovery. A Thunder Wave from Merrick paralyzes Hilda, uh, the, the Boldor. Uh, Hilda does, does a return on the bug into Citrus Berry territory. Uh, it's back up at 58%. Trakina was paralyzed and couldn't move, and Annette used Thunder Wave on Merrick. Everybody is paralyzed all the time. Uh, now that everybody's paralyzed, Heracross went first. Brick Brick broke the Boldor. Say that three times fast. Uh, and Hilda is out. Hilda ended up do, do, do fainting. Sorry, a lot of stuff. Merrick used Return uh, on the Stoutland on the other side of the field. It is down to 70%. Annette, the Stoutland, on Celeste's side, used Work Up. So it's got it's got some of that. Well, its attack isn't up because it was intimidated earlier, but it's feeling a little better about itself. And out came Petra, the Crobat, for Celeste to replace the Boldor. The bug has swapped out. Uh, instead, Jason, the uh, Excadrill, has come onto the field. It comes into a acrobatics. Ooh, boy. Uh, knocking Jason down to 50%, 55%, despite the fact that it is a resisted hit. Uh, Annette, the Stoutland, ends up hitting Merrick for uh, a a bunch and is down to 52%. Merrick paralyzes Petra with Thunder Wave, which is an unfortunate thing for a Crobat to be. Merrick uses Helping Hand on Jason the Excadrill <laughs> oh, wow. with the the hopes of getting a boosted rock slide off to drop on the bat. But Jason being the disappointment that he is every fucking week, missed that shit and then promptly got murdered by a combination of acrobatics and crunch from Petra and Annette. That was unfortunate, I'm sorry. Moltor, the, the Magmar switches in, hitting those stealth rocks on the way. He's at 75% on entry. Crobat exits the battlefield and out comes Samurott, Felix the Samurott. Moltor utilizes Flame Burst, uh, hitting Felix with a crit, but it's not very effective. Felix is at 59%. Annette uses Return on Moltor, bringing it down to 17%. And Merrick was fully paralyzed this round. Couldn't do a thing. Aquajet from Felix finishes off Moltor. Thunder Wave from Merrick paralyzes Felix. 
Though admittedly that boy has priority, so not sure how much that's gonna matter. Uh, Annette utilizes return on Merrick, dropping him down to 9%. Out comes, I wanna say Beetleborg because we just, so much Beetleborg last season, but out comes Trakina the Heracross, gets hit with the rocks on the way in. Petra, the Crobat, comes in. Uh, Annette was swapped out. Felix utilizes Aqua Jet, finishes off the Stoutland on Jolly side of the field. Heracross utilizes close combat on Petra, but it is very resisted. Petra is at 79%. Out comes on the other side of the field, Swoop, the Crobat for Jolly. Everybody's thinking. A Confuse Ray uh, from Swoop uh, confuses Petra. Petra hits herself in the face uh, and Trakina drops rocks on Petra, but it's not enough to kill her. She's down at 11%. Felix uses return on swoop and man, does that thing hit. It is a critical hit, in fact, and it drops swoop way down, not dead, 72% of its health lost. A uh, swoop eats its berry and is at 28%. Petra comes out for Celeste, out comes Annette, uh, intimidating everybody on the way in. Uh, Swoop ends up utilizing acrobatics over on Felix, but having been intimidated, does not do a ton of damage. Felix is at 27%, and unfortunately, Trakina is fully paralyzed and does not act. An Aqua Jet from Felix drops Swoop. Trakina is paralyzed again. It takes a return from Annette, and it is down. All that is left is Swana on Jolly side of the field, Damon comes out, hits those rocks on the way in, and is at 76%. An air slash from Damon drops Felix the Samurai, and Annette is fully paralyzed, so that was a very effective turn uh, for Jolly. But out comes Catherine the Magneton, uh, and I am positive it has a thing or two to say to the quad weak Damon. It does. It gets Volt switched and the match is over. Celeste with a very convincing victory. The miss on that rock slide mattered so much. Yeah. 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 Jason shall be relegated to the pile of shame. <laughs> Poor Jason. <sighs> After the match, they're in the locker room and Jolly's like, good job, everyone. Except for you. <laughs> and I mean, there were also like the four full fucking paras on Heracross. Like that was, mm. 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 I'll lose. That's fine. Don't, don't make me lose like this Pokemon. Why you do me like this? Uh, because, because Pokemon loves you. <laughs> I think that that's been proven to be categorically false. <laughs> don't worry. I'm, I'm about to go take my beating. So you, you can watch that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Mess has got some shit. He's got a Sand Slash, a Superior, his own Swana, his own Magneton, a rat that eradicate all, all the rats, Rat Squad, and, and of course, Gaston the Girder. Celeste has not quite exactly, but close to exactly the same team she just brought against me. She's got her Magneton her Lilligant, her Crobat, her Stoutland, her Sand Slash, and her Samurott. All right, do the thing. 
All right, Mess leading out with Swana and Sandslash, Dewey and Mr. Big um, against Celeste's Stoutland Annette and her Crobat Petra. The Intimidate does go off and lowers the attack on Mess's side of the field. And Petra the Crobat, unapologetically the fastest thing on this particular field, lands a turn one acrobatics on Dewey the Swana and just deals a massive chunk, 83% on the hit. Uh, Dewey, however, does go next and Feather Dances, uh, lowering Annette the Stoutland's attack by two stages. Uh, Annette uses Return, which even at minus two attack is is plenty to deal with the little bit of health that the Swana has remaining. Uh, and then lastly, Mr. Big the Sand Slash uses a Rock Tomb, lowering the speed of Petra the Crobat and hitting it for about a third of its health. Out comes Xanatos the Magneton for Mess. And Petra the Crobat comes back in favor of Raphael the Sandslash at the same time that Annette the Stoutland comes back in favor of Bernadetta the Lilligant. And Bernadetta switches into a Thunder Wave from Xanatos, which I'm sure Mess was cheering silently as he managed to land that on the switch. At uh, the same time, Mr. Big, Mess's Sandslash, comes back in favor of Gaston the Girder. And Xanatos comes back in favor of Juju the Superior at the same time that Bernadetta the Lilligant comes back out in favor of Annette the Stoutland, getting another round of Intimidate off. Um, Raphael the Sandslash uses Magnitude, landing a Magnitude 6, dealing very little damage to everything on the field between 10 and 15%, depending on what it's hitting. And then Gaston uses Fire Punch into the newly switched in Stoutland, which crits, dealing 65% on a neutral coverage move. Annette does eat its citrus berries back up to 42% after the berry. And Raphael, the Sandslash, coming back in favor of Petra the Crobat. Juju, the Superior, landing a Leaf Blade into Annette the Stoutland, dealing 19%. Uh, Annette using Return on Gaston for 38 and Gaston using Return on Petra for 27 At the end of their turn, Annette is in the yellow at 23%, Petra in the yellow at 42%, uh, Gaston in the yellow at 48 and Juju still relatively healthy at 90% health. And Juju the Superior comes back in favor of Xanatos the Magneton at the same time that uh, Gaston the Girder comes back in favor of Mr. Big the Sandslash. Um, Xanatos eats an acrobatics on the switch, which is very skillfully done by Mess, taking only 17% on the quad-resisted hit. Annette, however, uses Return into Mr. Big the Sandslash, dealing 40% of Mr. Big's max health. And Petra the Crobat comes back out in favor of Raphael the Sandslash at the same time that uh, Annette the Stoutland comes back out in favor of Bernadette the Lilligant. Uh, Xenodos Volt switches into that Lilligant spot, dealing 28% on the resisted hit and getting a free swap out. And that swap is going to be into Radigan the Radicate. At the same time that Mr. Big the Sandslash uses a return into now Raphael the Sandslash, dealing 24%. After leftovers, Raphael's back up to 82% health. And Mr. Big comes back out in favor of Juju the Superior as Radigan uses return into Bernadette of the Lilligant and gets a big dick crit, uh, removing the flower from the field. Uh, Raphael the Sandslash uses return into Radigan for 69% of his health. Nice. Uh, after Citrus Berry, he's back up to 56%. Uh, Felix the Samurai coming out into that newly vacated slot for Celeste. And Radigan... The Radicate using Sucker Punch into 
Felix, the uh, the Samurott, uh, dealing 23% going first with that priority, uh, followed by Juju, the Superior, leaf blading into the same slot for 59%, leaving Felix, the Samurott, on low health at 18%. Uh, Felix uses Return into Juju, which crits, dealing 77% of Juju's total health. Uh, Raphael also returns into that slot, causing Juju, the Superior, to faint. Raphael continues to eat its lefties as backup to 93% health at the end of the Uh, Mr. Big, the Sand Slash, comes out for mess. And Radigan, the Radicate, the fastest thing on the field, uh, lands a return into Felix the Samurott and brings it down. Uh, Mr. Big, the Sand Slash, goes for a Rock Tomb, which unfortunately just misses. Uh, And Raphael, Celeste's Sand Slash, returns into Radigan the Radicate and brings it down. But God, how much work that Radicate did before they finally brought it down. Uh, Xanatos, the Magneton, comes out for mess as Annette, the Stoutland, comes out for Celeste and gets another Intimidate off. And Xanatos, the Magneton, outspeeds everything with a Volt Switch and brings down Annette, the Stoutland, as it swaps into Gaston, the Girder. Raphael, the Sand Slash, uses Return into Mr. Big and vice versa. Um, <laughs> Raphael's hits significantly harder. Mr. Big hits for 17%. Raphael hits for 28 uh, Mr. Big, the Sand Slash, is at 32% minus one attack. Uh, and Raphael's at 86% after leftovers. Uh, Petra the Crobat coming out for Celeste. And Petra the Crobat is the fastest thing on the field, uses acrobatics into Gaston. Uh, and no one fights like Gaston, but no one's trying to take that acrobatics. Gaston goes down. Uh, Mr. Big, the Sand Slash, uses Rock Tomb into Petra, which at minus one attack is not quite enough to bring the bat down. It lives on 12% at minus one speed. Uh, Raphael, the Sand Slash, uses Return into Mr. Big and brings Mr. Big down. We are looking at a three-on-one scenario where Mess's final Pokemon is... Xanatos the Magneton. Uh, Petra the Crobat does outspeed it and lands a Confuse Ray, and Xanatos does get the disrespect punch itself in the face in confusion before being murderated by a Magnitude 6 from Raphael the Sand Slash. Uh, the winner is Celeste. Good game. Dun, dun. And no one is surprised. You know, actually, I, I think in those last couple of turns, like it would have required some both some good play from UT and also probably a misclick from Celeste. But I like I think that was still very winnable for you there at the end. Yeah, I mean, I made her work for it, but I was in a really bad place near the end because I did not expect you to stay into murder superior earlier when that proved to be a very bad thing for me. So. Good game. Yeah, I made that decision because it's like, I'm going to either lose it or kill it. It was a gamble. Definitely a good game. All right. Well, once again, Celeste has, has absolutely run away with PvP, extending that lead and, and justifying her decision to take the road less traveled by at, at, gen, at gym time, words and stuff. Uh, but that does leave us with one remaining PvP match on the week, and that is uh, me against you, Mess, fighting for those, uh, those consolation points. Uh, Celeste, the mic is yours. Sure, we have in one corner BBR Jelly with his Heracross, his Swana, his Stoutland, his Exodrill, his Crobat, and his Magmar. And in the other corner we have Mezzer Engine with his Sandslash, his Superior, his Swana, his Magneton, his Radicate, and Gaston, the Girder. Are you two ready? Yep. Yeah, let's go. All the Girder, all the time. <laughs> all right.
right? BPR Jolly leads out of Merrick in Swoop. Merrick being the Stoutland intimidates the other side of the board. And Swoop is the Crobat. On Mesor Engine's side, we have Dewey the Swana and Mr. Big the Sandslash. Mesor Engine swaps out his Swana for Xanatos, his Magneton, who gets Parafusion on the swap by both of Jolly's Pokemon. And Mr. Big uses Return, hitting Swoop down to 69%. Trakina comes out, replacing Swoop, Trakina being Jolly's Heracross. Merrick uses Return, hitting Mr. Big down to 67%. And then poor Xanatos being Parafusion punches itself in the face. On the next turn, Mezzarangia switches out Xanatos for Dewey, the Swana. It takes a Brick Break on the swap, which hits it for a little bit because it resists, so it's down to 63%. Merrick then uses Return on Mr. Big, knocking it down to 33%. And then Mr. Big uses Magnitude, but it's just a Magnitude 5, and it's not very effective versus Trakina, so it does 11% and 5%, respectively. Merrick's also healing from Leftovers, so Merrick's at 95%, Trakina's at 59%. Beaver Jolly switches in Swoop to replace Trakina. A Air Slash from Dewey misses Swoop. A Thunder Wave from Merrick paralyzes Dewey. And then a return from Mr. Big is a critical hit for 71% of Merrick's health. After leftovers, Merrick's at 30%. Mesurgeon switches back Dewey for Xanatos, who comes into a Confuse Ray, so it is Parafusioned again. And then Merrick uses Return on Mr. Big and finishes off Mr. Big. After Leftovers, Merrick is at 36% health. Radigan comes out to replace Mr. Big. A Sucker Punch from Radigan hits Merrick down to 9%. And then Merrick returns Radigan, knocking it down to 59%. Yard Jolly also switched out Swoop for Excadrill, his, or Jason, his Excadrill. I reversed that. Who takes a Volt Switch on the switch, but it doesn't affect Jason. After Leftovers, Merrick is at 15%. Mesor Engine swaps out Radigan for Girder, his Gaston. Jason uses Earthquake. It doesn't affect Swoop, who Jolly pulled in for Merrick. And then I'm tongue twisting myself. But Gaston takes 49 or 46% of its health, and Xanatos takes 88% of its health, finishing off Xanatos. And Radigan comes out to replace Xanatos. On the next turn, Mesor Engine pulls back Gaston and replaces it with Dewey, his Swana. It takes an Acrobatic on the switch, which goes down to 19% health. And then Jason uses Earthquake again, which doesn't affect Dewey, but finishes off Radigan. And out comes Juju, the superior for Mesra Engine. So BBR Jolly switches out Jason for Merrick. An Acrobatics from Swoop finishes off Dewey. And then a Leaf Blade from Juju finishes off Merrick. And then... To replace that, Damon comes out for BBR Jelly, and Gaston comes out for Mezzer Engine. Neither of them want to see the birds. Yeah, it's not great. A double up of Acrobatics and Air Slash finishes off Gaston, and Juju uses Return, knocking Swoop down for 18% of its health. A Super Fang from Swoop knocks Juju down to 51% health, and then an Air Slash from Damon finishes off Juju. Yeah. Good game, T. Good game. Uh... All right, guys. Uh, well, after this week's 
something of, of a PvP showdown. That was certainly something. This is going to leave actually my, myself and Mess uh, tied. I picked up 30 additional points, and so that leaves us tied in second place with 350. Uh, meanwhile, Celeste is running away with the trophy, picking up 60 additional PvP points this week, bringing her to a score of 460. Uh, how are we feeling after PvP tonight, guys? Pretty much what I expected. No, I just didn't expect to win either of those. Duh, are you kidding me? You have the best team out of us by leaps and bounds with Jolly just behind you. <laughs> by a country mile. Yeah, like, I, again, I the fact that I got 4-0'd there was, was significantly due to hacks, but even if I hadn't been hacked out, like, I would have either lost a close match or won a very close one. Like, it, I, there was no way I was running away with our match. That was not happening. Yeah, the only thing that was surprising about tonight, really, was the fact that I gave you even the slightest bit of twitching struggle as you ground my face into the dirt. <laughs> I feel so bad. But no, I always do bad in doubles, so I was surprised that what I had planned for worked. <sighs> you got you got that quality roster. And, and that double rock slide miss. That double rock slide miss and then rocks helped a ton too. Yeah, I I was so happy when Boulder got that. Yeah, I I I got to admit that I was not particularly uh, expecting stealth rocks this week, and that probably did allow you to pick up a couple of one hit KOs that should have been two hit KOs. I just man, I'm gonna be chewing on that double rock slide miss for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Everything is inspiring against you to lose versus me, and I don't know why. Ah, uh, that's that's life. But that's that's chapter five, guys. And I remembered which chapter it was without guessing like three times first. So that's pretty good. Uh, and now it's time for us to look ahead to what the, the next chapter of gameplay brings. Uh, and this week, our hosts will head south at the direction of Clay to check out uh, the newly constructed Pokemon World Tournament. Uh, gone are the days of the uh the cold storage and in its place there is now a, a sports stadium which if if that's not some high quality gentrification i don't know what is uh we'll participate in an exhibition there and electrify the crowd we'll then be confronted by team plasma once more and finally get some insight into their wicked plans uh, we'll head north from driftvale checking out route 6 mistralton cave and chargestone cave before finally reaching mistralton city when we reach Mistralton, we'll run into Professor Juniper and we'll accompany her to the Celestial Tower beyond Route 7 for her research. Finally, when we're ready, we will backtrack to Mistralton City, where the high-flying Skyla awaits our challenge for our sixth Unova Gym Badge. Now, Skyla is a flying-type specialist. She uses a, a Swoobat, a Skarmory, a Sigilyph, and a Swana. Her signature move is Acrobatics. Our level limit for this chapter is 42, and the level limit for anyone playing along on normal mode at home is 39. How are we feeling heading into Mistralton, guys? I'm not thrilled. If I remember correctly, Skyla was the only gym I did on easy mode last time around, and I my team is particularly vulnerable to flying-type moves, which isn't great. In fact, <laughs> I think... When we did this series, when we finished this chapter, I talked about how at the top of the fucking Litwick Tower, Skyla asked me to make a wish, and I wish the series would just be over. <laughs> wish this game would just be over. That's the thing I remember most about this section of gameplay from Black and White. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, it's it's rough. Like Skyla is maybe the hardest gym leader in these games. Like again, it's it's really like neck and neck between her and Clay. It's not getting any easier this week, I guess is the takeaway. Although we do get some high quality encounters. We get a couple of caves. We're going spelunking. Uh we get a litwick if you want it. If, if a litwick if you're horny, if you will. Uh there's some there's some good stuff. Yeah, I definitely don't have any fire right now, so that'd be nice. We get surf. Yeah, we get surf this we week. We do get surf. Yes. We get access to water types that are not Swana. Yep. That's going to be a thing. That's exciting. I will be killing sun currents once again. <laughs> <laughs> For hours. It took four hours to EV train that duck. I feel you on that. Yep. The duck is a pain in the dick. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that is our show this week. And of course, as always, we want you to know where you can find us around the web, where you can catch our gameplay if you want to watch it. Uh, now, Mess Buddy, you have been uploading your gameplay to YouTube as opposed to doing it live on Twitch. When can we expect to find those videos on demand on the Blastburn Radio YouTube page? I mean, like usual, there'll probably be one that goes up tomorrow and then the others on days following. Maybe not sequentially, but... I have Monday off, I guess. So maybe sequentially. I don't know. One tomorrow, the rest soon after. I should probably just stop asking you this. It's this weird relic of when you were doing this on Twitch and just start reminding people that it's on the Blastburn Radio YouTube and that you can subscribe for like push notifications. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, however, am still streaming my gameplay live on Twitch uh, and I will be streaming that gameplay. Um... Probably Tuesday. It, it feels like a Tuesday kind of week. Uh, Tuesday morning, somewhere in the ballpark at 9.30, 10 a.m. Eastern uh, over at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. So be sure to come out, uh, show some support, and uh, watch some good Pokemon content. Some hashtag quality content. Uh, and, of course, that does leave Celeste. Uh, Celeste, hun, when can we expect to find you streaming? I've been trying to shoot for Mondays, but this Monday is going to be extremely busy. So you're going to find me at my normal time on Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At twitch.tv slash lost. Thank you. Uh, now, don't forget, guys, we do want to hear from you. Don't uh, forget to uh, get at us by email if if you're feeling the the need, the itch for some emails. Uh, you can send those to blastburnradio at gmail.com. Don't forget to send in your ratings and reviews to iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. We really appreciate those. Uh, as a reminder, we did a giveaway for a copy of, of Pokemon Sword or Shield, and we triggered that giveaway a little bit before we met our goal to give it out before the games came out. And we still have as yet to hit that goal. So we're getting real close to the point of calling the police. I don't want to have to put you guys in prison. You should probably review the fucking podcast. <laughs> the whole community. All of you. You're all going. Yes. Yes. We have a list of names. And if you've already reviewed, your name's already crossed out. But if you haven't, we're watching you. <laughs> uh, now, as always, you can follow me personally at BBR Jolly on Twitter. I'm at Celeste Lost. And I'm at Mezzer Engine. And also, Mess has a company. It's called Mythic Portal Games, and they make cool stuff for role-playing games. So if you like to role-play, uh, particularly in an online space like Roll20 or, or Astral, uh, they make really good art and maps and music and, and other great assets to help you have a real nice time doing that. So be sure to check them out. Give them some money. We like it when you give them some money. And the best part is you'll get stuff in return. You're not just giving them money. It's great. Not just money. <laughs> I do want to... Oh, 
Oh, also, the show's on social media, at Blastburn Radio. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me tonight. Uh, we need to wrap this sh- podcast up because I've forgotten the things that I say. Uh, yeah, at Blastburn Radio, Twitter, Facebook, do the things. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-host, Messer Engine and Celeste, for Blastburn Radio. I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time, folks. See ya. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. If you enjoy Blastburn Radio or any of our other projects, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy off the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. Check out this great album at missingno.ocremix.org. Battle music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out her work on YouTube or SoundCloud at Glitch X City. Closing music in today's episode is Emotion Remix by Mewmore. Be sure to check him out on YouTube or follow him on Twitter at Mewmore. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her other work or contact her for commissions on Twitter at Rachichu. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>